Welcome back to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Jay Gilbert. This week, Mike is putting out a fire, but uh, he will certainly join us next week. We have a really interesting guest today, but before we get into it, I just want to thank our sponsors really quickly. Bandzoogle, built by musicians for musicians. Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Bandzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All of the features you need for a professional website are already built in. uh, Hosting and custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, commission-free crowdfunding and fans subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, social media integrations, and live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. Music Biz Weekly podcast listeners can go to bandzoogle.com, try it for free for 30 days. Just use the promo code musicbizweekly, all one word. You'll get 15% off your first year of any subscription. We'd also like to thank our friends over at Disc Makers. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirt, you know, on your website and hopefully soon at gigs, you know, that's an important income generator because for every CD you sell at a gig or on your website, you'd need roughly 3,000 streams to make up that same amount of money. And that's a lot of streams. So our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs, other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even t-shirts. Here's a special offer for Music Biz Weekly listeners. Get free shipping on CD orders of 100 or more from Disc Makers. Just use the code FREEBIZ. That's one word, FREEBIZ. And that's up to $150 value. Today, we'd like to say hello to Benji Stein. He is the co-founder of Playlist Supply. And I know what you're thinking. This isn't one of those pay-for-play companies that we warn you about. It's a little different flavor, and it's a way to maybe reach some of these user-curated playlists, uh, especially on Spotify. So here is uh, Benji Stein. Let it roll. Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to Bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Today we are joined by Benji Stein, CEO and founder of Playlist Supply. Benji, thanks for taking time out of your uh, busy day to come and have a virtual coffee with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I really appreciate you guys inviting me and yeah, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Where are you based at? I'm based in Los Angeles, um, oh, more okay. specifically in the in the valley. I'm in uh, Encino area. Oh, you're not far from me. I'm in uh, Simi Valley, so keep the music down. We're trying to work over here, Benji. <laughs> I appreciate I'll, that. I'll turn so, the monitors. Down. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a little bit of research on your your company and. I find it really fascinating because it's a little bit different flavor than what's going on in the market right now. And I'd love to dig in with you to talk about that. Um, But before we do, tell me a little bit about you. Um, What's your background? I think you had, you were in artist management, maybe still are. Talk about uh, where where did you uh, kind of grow up in this business? Yeah. So, um, I can, yeah, I can just dive into a little bit of background on myself. Yeah. Then we can kind of get into playlist supply, but yeah. um, You know, I've been, I was born and raised here in LA. 
Um, I've been around music my whole life. Um, you know, I grew up playing like first piano, then trumpet, then drums. And I was in a jazz band for all of high school. And, you know, even before that, I tried to start my own little like rock band, like with a few friends in in middle school. And um, yeah, but in terms of like on the jazz side, Benji, like when you played, were you playing piano in those jazz bands? It was it was. I, I was playing drums in the jazz band. Oh, actually. the drums. What, yeah. what what kind of stuff were you? What, what what do you like on the jazz side? You know, I I definitely listen to everything. Um, yeah. All the classics like Coltrane and yeah. Um, there's like I definitely like fusion stuff too. Nice. Um, yeah, but it, it, back then it was basically like you know we were reading out of like the jazz booklet and I was like I was always you know the drummers like it's your job to goof off and so I was always goofing off and. Um, but yeah, that's that, great. That, it's a great experience to have. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, um, and yeah, just kind of as, as, you know, um, time went on, I, I realized that, you know, how important music was to me and how influential it was to people. And, you know, I, I didn't always like, I didn't keep my chops up and it wasn't something I saw myself being like on stage or being the one performing. Um, and it started in, in college actually. Um, I started managing a friend of mine who was trying to do some kind of like hip hop metal kind of mix. Um, and, you know, it wasn't really management at first. It was kind of like he was like really musically inclined and he had this like great sensibility about, you know, how to how to write music and songwrite and, mm-hmm. you know, how to how to perform. And he just didn't understand the the social media and the marketing and the business side. And that was something that I realized I understood really well. And so it kind of started naturally as like, dude, let me help you out. I'll I'll help you get your music out there. And that was like where I kind of realized like, okay, this is something I can do. This is how I can be like involved in the music world while, you know, not necessarily playing the music. And yeah, that's, you know, now for the past seven or eight years or so, I've worked in and around uh, management teams. I've done some like creative direction for music videos. Um, yeah, I, I manage a handful of acts. I most recently signed an indie rock band called Enum Claw out of Washington, um, out of Tacoma specifically, and they're they're fantastic. Like I, I've I've worked with some bigger management teams doing some like co-management stuff, but this is one of the first acts that it's kind of like something that I found, um, you know, and I'm I've been working myself, and you know they just had they've they've been mentioned multiple times on Pitchfork and on nice. Fader. And they've got this kind of organic steam. They've only put out, they just put out their first EP last Friday, but, mm-hmm. and they were getting these write-ups just off the strength of the music off of two songs. And it's That's this great. really cool, like it's reminiscent of Nirvana and Oasis. And, you know, I, I, I've worked a lot with hip hop artists and I think that, you know, yeah, I, I, I've been, yeah, that, that, That's I, cool. I, I kind of love music. I'm someone yeah. that's, that really sees like the power of it. And yeah. I, I still am a manager. And in terms of playlist supply, I, when the pandemic hit, I was still doing management and I, I noticed a lot of artists I was working with having their shows canceled. And I was talking to a lot of my friends who are booking agents. And I kind of watched as like the industry, like started to head towards the abyss. And, and it was, I don't know if there's many industries that were hit as hard. Well, there definitely were, but just, just in terms of music, like things really got shaken up. Yeah. And I was 
thinking like as a manager, what am I going to do? Like touring and booking, like that's, that's our bread and butter and like, you know, merchandise and that's how you build fan bases. And I, I got creative. I, for a long time knew that streaming was really important. And, you know, over the past five years or so as Spotify has started to like monopolize the streaming game, I've also just known that playlisting is really important. And it was something that I had kind of like been tapped in on. Like I've tried all the online services and I've tried a lot of these like gimmicky tools and these gimmicky, like, you know, I've tried a lot of the stuff that they kind of make promises that they don't necessarily fulfill. And just with my team, I I had a couple assistants who I was like, you know, let's just try to do this ourselves. Like I want you guys to go find like the most popular playlists in hip hop that are third party, like not the Spotify ones. Like I have my own context at Spotify and that's a different hustle, but I want to find the ones that are third party run by college kids. Like I want you to go find the the biggest playlists in, in metal. And I want you to like make a list of them and we're going to find out how to reach these third party people. And, you know, I started doing that and I had really successful results and I was talking to a booking agent friend of mine, who also, who's now my partner with Playlist Supply, but he also was experiencing the same thing. Like booking agent was his full-time gig, but he also managed a few artists on the side. And he was like, I'm, you know, there's no, booking's done. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do until this is over. And we kind of like, I told him I'm doing this kind of like, I, I wasn't happy with some of the results from this, these online playlisting things. And so I'm doing it myself and I'm getting good results and I'm getting in touch with people. And we were just like, I, sh- I shared him what my assistants were doing and we were back and forth for a little bit. And then we, we had this idea to automate it. Like what if there was a way to kind of automate the process of finding third-party playlists and reaching out to them. And it started as just like a, a, a line of code on my computer. I'm not really like a tech person. I found a coder on freelancer.com mm-hmm. and I I've actually went through a few before I found one that kind of understood what I wanted to do. And it started as something that was just on my computer. Um, and it was just like an aggregator for third-party playlists. And mm-hmm. it would also go into the description and it would search if these playlists had a contact info. And, you know, it would take hours for the for my team to kind of find, you know, 10 or 100 playlists like this. But this mm-hmm. aggregator, I'd run the script and it would be super quick. And so, I, um, yeah, I started to share it with a few other friends. Um, a really good friend of mine over at Create and a friend of mine over at Maverick. And I started to share it with some of my kind of like more industry friends. And they all were like, dude, this is so cool. This is a game changer. I don't know why this isn't available yet to like everybody. Why has no one done this before? And let's I had a couple Let's dig into that friends for a second. Let's, Benji, yeah. let's dig into that for a second because there's there's a lot of history on doing what you're doing, but you're doing it in a little bit different and a more methodical way. So let's start with, you know, back, gosh, many years ago, Jay Frank, uh, who has since passed away, unfortunately, God rest his soul. Jay Frank started Digmark, Digsin, and he was really one of the first in the space to, you know, for Digsin, which stood for digital single, he was struggling back then trying to get his stuff on playlists. And that was at a time when Spotify, for example, had their their user curated playlists were really more upfront back then. And you could you could see them more easily than you can today. Whereas today it's usually more of their, you know, Spotify curated playlists that are up front, right? So 
he started this network and started reaching out just like what you're describing. He started reaching out via socials, like finding these user curators. And then he, over time, he built this really strong network. And what was great about it was it was legit. You know, these are real fans of music and he would always say hey look can i send you great music you know for edm country metal whatever it was that made sense for their mood or their genre years later i think it was sylvia roan that ended up uh using them a lot and then buying them then it became part of universal and now it's part of fame house so we've been watching these kind of companies you know, ever since Jay was kind of the pioneer there. But what I'd love to dig in with you is how you avoid the problems we see today are people using bots and spin farms. And you see this as much as I do. You see these playlists and they're like, oh, for this much money, I will guarantee you this many spins. But we, we see people getting yanked down from DSPs because of it. It's not real engagement. You know, all of this stuff. So what, what I find interesting about Playlist Supply, and tell me if I have this right. So I'll send you, you know, I'll sign up, I get you the music, and you can help me pick targeted user curated playlists where it makes sense. So you're not sending country music to an EDM playlister. You're, you're surgical and you're targeted and that's kind of your superpower is, is having this network of strong user curated playlists and you kind of help curate and get that music to the right people. Is that close? Yeah, it's, it's pretty close. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to clarify like a little bit too. Um, so it's, th there are networks um, and there's a lot of people that, you know, they monetize their network or they sell their, their list. The interesting thing about Playlist Supply is it's not like a finite database. It's actually a software tool. It's like a productivity tool that's meant for artists. It's meant for managers. And, you know, you go onto the tool and you can search anything. You could type in metal. You could type in electronic. And what the tool does is in, in real time, it's going to go and it's going to search for playlists related to your genre. And you can get more specific. Say you're an artist that makes music just like Pop Smoke. You can go and type in Pop Smoke and you're gonna get playlists that have Pop Smoke music in the playlist. And so we don't do any submissions on our end. We don't do any pitching on our end. We've kind of created this software tool, this productivity tool that anyone can use and they can do the whole process themselves. Oh, I see. So yeah. you're gonna help me, let's say that I'm an EDM artist you're going to help me find all those user curated playlists where it makes sense for my music to be on. And then it's up to me to reach out and submit music to each one. Is that right? Exactly. And, and, you know, there, there definitely is, this is something different because at least most of the ones I've, I've explored prior to creating this tool, they did the pitching for you and they would take a big percentage of your budget off the top and, you know, they wouldn't guarantee any results. But with right. this, it kind of takes, it, there is no middleman. Anyone can take this tool and they can do the work themselves yeah. and it's up to their discretion. Like there's still people, like I work with lots of, of major labels and there's people at these labels that don't care if the spins are real or fake. And then you've got an indie artist who has, you know, 
their first hundred fans and they don't want skips. They don't want to ruin their Spotify algorithm. They don't want one fake stream because it could yeah. be their downfall as they're building this, this right. thing on the way up. Mm-hmm. And so we definitely implemented things into the tool that make it way easier to vet whether or not the playlists are real. Like we, sh- we have a, a, a popularity score feature. And what that does is in the metadata, Spotify adds a popularity score to every song. And in the playlist, these are ranked. And so if you're looking at a playlist that has, you know, 200,000 followers, but the average popularity score is really, really low. You're like, okay, why is this playlist so big, but the songs in it aren't, aren't ranking. And you can also check, like, um, there's a feature we have that shows you how recently the playlist was modified or the date of the last added song. And so you can see, okay, is this a playlist where someone's adding stuff and taking it out every day? Or is this a playlist of someone who like, they've got hits in here and they're not taking those hits out. The songs have been in the playlist all year. And so these are ways that a user can go and use playlist supply to kind of vet and figure out for themselves. But I've all, you know, it can also be used by a a major label manager or A&R who wants to just go and they just want to hit up a thousand playlists. And instead of them having to, you know, purchase this list or bought like pay someone who already has the network, it just, it's literally one search and this indexes in real time, all of the third party playlists and they can just build their own list and do the work themselves. Okay. And yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What, what would be, if, if I were to run a campaign with you today, what would be some of those best practices? I've got my music set up. It's, I think it's really good. It's well recorded. It's ready to rock. I've got a night, you know, I can enter it into Spotify submission tool. I can, you know, go through my distributor you know, I'm kind of buttoned up, I'm ready to go. If I'm using playlist supply, what are some of the best practices, like things that I should probably think about doing as I get ready to launch? Yeah, absolutely. And this is a question I get asked a lot. And like, we've done videos, and we have like a user guide. And there's like a lot of resources, because I want to like, I want to make it as easy as possible for people to get these results without like me taking on the job of doing the submission for you. And so what I recommend to people, those, those two features are really helpful for vetting. The popularity score, checking how recently the playlist is modified. Um, something else I totally recommend is, you know, a lot of people think they just focus on mass. Like they focus on the big numbers. And with playlist supply, if you type in, um, you know, say you're a, a small artist and you make dream pop and you type in, a small other artist that makes similar music to you, but is slightly bigger, you're going to get a list of all the playlists relevant to that person. You could just focus on the top five that have the largest amount of followers, but you could also go and focus on some of the smaller ones. And some of these smaller playlists are really, really effective. And if you see someone who has a playlist that only has like a few hundred plays, you can almost, or a few hundred followers or a few thousand followers, you can almost guarantee like, this isn't someone that's like monetizing their playlist. This is a, right. a listener. This is like a, a person with an organic playlist. And so I, I recommend to people, you know, don't don't try and go like go to the top right away. You know, it, it you got to focus on building fans from the bottom up. And so it's a mixed bag. You want to focus on big playlists. You want to focus on small playlists. Even if the playlist only has a few hundred followers, if if that playlist converts to fans in a better way than it's this than this playlist, yeah, yeah it's yeah. then it's going to be better results. And so that's something that I recommend. 
I also recommend being as, as specific in your searches as possible. Like a lot of people who are make rap music, they're going to go into playlist supply and they're just going to type in rap or they're going to type in Drake. But if you've done the work and you've kind of done the market research of your sound and your brand, you know, like, okay, you know, I'm not going to just focus on, on these big generic terms. I'm going to zero in on people that I know exactly fit my audience. And so say you're an artist that makes a little bit more eclectic hip hop. You might be like, okay, I know that JPEG Mafia, I know his fans match my fans. So I'm going to target that. And I'm going to find 10 other similar artists that aren't massive, that aren't global artists. And I'm going to zero in and I'm going to focus on them and kind of doing like the, your due diligence with the market research. And you have to really, you got to think from a fan perspective. Like if I'm going to become a fan of this artist's music, what kind of playlist am I looking for? And then reverse and then do that kind of search. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Let me ask you about emails. Cause I, I, before the pandemic, I was in Nashville and I, I had lunch with a friend of mine uh, that, that works for a, a major DSP and his email got out in all these lists that you see, right? You've seen a million of these where they'll list all these staffers at these DSPs. And he was getting about 3000 emails a day. And so he would just go through there and just sort them by the people that he knew and he had rules set up in his email. I guess that's kind of a way of asking, do any of these playlists that you're collaborating with, do they ever come to you and say, look, I'm getting, you know, too many requests. I can't get to all of these. I can't listen to all of this. Um, because, you know, look, today with 65,000 tracks uploaded every day to the DSPs, no one's listening to all of that. There's got to be some kind of, you know, AI involved. What's your feedback from some of these playlisters? Are they saying, hey, look, I'm really getting some good music, some great submissions. Keep it coming. Thank you so much. Do you ever get some of them that say, you know what, I just can't handle the volume? Yeah, 100 percent. And so you know, the, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting because our tool focuses on third-party playlists, you know, the Spotify editorial playlists, those are kind of like those gatekeepers are, they're only getting submissions via the Spotify for artist portal. That's right. It's more or less a shot in the dark for a lot of these really big editorial playlists, whether it's on Apple music or on Spotify, you have to know someone, you have to find this email. And I know personally, especially from like for, for a lot of the big hip hop playlists, these people like they, they, that playlist is a whole brand in of itself. And if, if an email gets out like that, they just change their email. It's that simple. Like they're not looking to be, to go through 3000 emails a day. They know like, okay, I've got my network and that's all the only people I'm going to work with. And playlist supply is different because it's, 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 it's focus is third party playlists. Yes. And so there's, there's a whole bunch of different things that you can hunt for. Um, you can look for email, you can look for social media contact. And the way the tool works is it's not grabbing any email that's hidden. It's not grabbing any information that isn't already public. And so a lot of these playlist curators, they put contact info that they intend for people to reach out to. And so it's, it's, it's kind of like opting in. And yeah. most we haven't had any people hit us up, be like, can you remove us or anything like that? Because most of them are, they, they put a, a Instagram or a Twitter and they intended for artists and they intended for people to find their playlist and to reach out. And so you're mostly reaching people where it was intentional. 
And yeah, yeah the, the, the feedback's basically a hundred percent positive. Like a lot That's of these, we've had playlists <laughs> and people who run playlists where they, you know, they just put it on a whim. They put their Twitter handle in the bio or something. Yeah. And, you know, they were getting like a couple emails like every few months, but then they were like, okay, I'm getting a whole lot more. They communicated with these artists. How did you get in contact with me? And they said, playlist supply. And it's like, they're like, you know, thank you so much. Now I'm like finding new music all the time. And so it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it, there's there's very few people that are going to put their social media or their email in the description of a playlist if they don't want to be reached yeah. out to. So yeah, that makes kind a of lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So, so you've seen enough campaigns now to see which ones are good ones, which are successful, and maybe ones that could have been better. What, what kind of mistakes are people making? How can people make these campaigns the best they can possibly be, knowing that maybe on your website you have some best practices, but you've seen people make mistakes. Uh, what are some of the common mistakes people make? Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, before this tool was like just available to the public and any artist, I was doing it. So I've run like a ton of campaigns, <laughs> and I think um, some of the big mistakes are, you know, you you don't want to treat it like too transactional. Like these these are these sure these are not like um, music industry professionals. And, you know, these are not people, these are a lot of these people are just music listeners. Like they're just people with a good ear who love music. And you have to think about that. You have to kind of like maybe incentivize them with things that might help them. Like, listen, I want to be in your playlist and I see your, your playlist isn't that big. Maybe I'll share it on my social media. And, you know, you want to kind of come at it with not such a transactional approach. Like, Hey, can I get in your playlist? You want to be like, how can I build a relationship with this person? What's up in your email? You can say, Hey, here's the song that I just released, but here's also a snippet of my song that's dropping next month. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. I, I know you're a good listener because people listen to your playlist. I know you've got great taste in music. And so, yeah, try be more personable. Try, you know, build a relationship with some of these people and get them to invest in your music and get them to see your vision and, and understand like what they can do to help you build and, and where you could be in five years, not just what this one song and this one playlist can do. And, you know, I, a lot of people focus on emails and I also suggest, you know, we have, we have some features where you can like find playlists with social media contact. Yeah. And that's always more personable, like an artist just shooting a DM, or a Twitter DM yeah. over to over to someone, you yeah, know, they can kind of vet you too. Like the playlist owner can go and look at your Instagram and say, you know, is this someone that's like kind of cool? Yeah. Like, is this someone that I might vibe with or might be my friend or something? I already might trust them more than if you get a, a random email from someone you've never talked to before. And so I definitely rec recommend people, you know, use social media and and it doesn't cost anything to send a DM. Like it's it just, right. just say what's up. And so um, yeah, those, yeah, those are kind of Jay Frank built his business, you know, was being very personal and I couldn't agree with you more, you know, nobody wants to get another email, right. But if you send somebody a quick little note, quick little DM, I mean, think of our own behavior. You know, if I'm busy during the day, if you send me a quick little DM, I'm going to respond to that's no problem. But yeah. if I, if you're one of my queue and email that, is going to take a little bit of, of time to get back to. So I'm really interested. I'm going to, I'm going to try the, the platform out. It's different than what anybody else is doing out there. 
you and I both see so many of these people who are either promising things they can't deliver or, you know, they're, they're using bots and spin farms and other things to jack up numbers that aren't real. And there's just so many people out there in the space. Um, Michael and I keep a folder of all of these pitches that we get all the time for these. And it's like, you want a million streams? Just, you know, pay me this and that sort of thing. And what I love about this is it makes a lot more sense. You're not, it's not a quid pro quo. It's, it's really more about what we talk about a lot and that's optimization, whether it's with your SEO, your Spotify, your YouTube, it's not about gaming the system. It's about optimizing for the system. And I'm really interested in, in running a campaign and, and I'll, um, I'll get back to you and just let you know what my experience was, but uh, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. So before we wrap up, Benji, tell people where they can find you online, where they can find Playlist Supply online and, and how they go about running a campaign. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you to try it. And yeah, it's, it's, I like when you said optimization, cause like playlist supply is like, it's like a software tool. It's a productivity tool. It's yeah, it's, and, and you know, I'm, I'm an artist manager and I created this with indie artists in mind and, you know, knowing what they're going up against with major labels and stuff. And yeah, you can find playlist supply. You can literally just Google playlist supply and you'll see like a handful of YouTube videos. Um, you can go to playlistsupply.com. And we're also on all social media. You can go to Playlist Supply on Instagram or on Twitter or on Facebook. And, you know, I just because this project is something like I kind of started from the ground up. If you shoot a DM to our account or you reach out to us on Twitter or you go to the website and you shoot an email to the contact info, I'm the one checking those emails most of the time. I'm the one who's going to respond. And so if you want to get in contact with me, just shoot us an email at playlistsupply.com and say, hey, I want to I want to chat with Benji. Um, yeah. Can't wait to try it out, man. Thanks for taking the time today. And I'll let you know how things go. But continued success, brother. Good job. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Right. Thank you for having me. Take care, man. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value.